I'm Heidi Berkey. And I'm Rachel Goble. And this is the Ethical Storytelling Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep it fun. So, Rachel, who the heck are you? Well, I'm still figuring that part out a little bit, but I would say that we're here today because I've been running an anti-trafficking organization for the last uh, about decade or so. And we've done a lot of storytelling over the last 10 years, and we have learned a lot and made a lot of mistakes, and we're very interested in looking uh, at what we can create in terms of a code of conduct and standards and starting a conversation around how we can be telling story better in this space. I like that. I'm into it. Why are you here? Well, I'm a storyteller, so I've spent the last almost 10 years of my life making films for nonprofits, for advocacy work, and then also in news and media. So I've kind of spanned the various avenues through which stories about human suffering and global issues have kind of been the focus. And I really want to learn how to create more dignity for those stories that I'm capturing, but also to help guide nonprofits and future filmmakers in learning from the mistakes that I've made and hopefully avoiding those as a community moving forward. What are some of those mistakes that you feel like you've made over the years? I think assumptions are the initial mistake. Going into countries and cultures that I've only read about and had an experience in assuming storylines and through lines that actually weren't the reality, but I was so committed to them that I framed the story and the way that I captured the story through a lens that wasn't actually reality. Um, And I think there was a moment where it shifted for me. I was filming in the Congo in the DRC, and I was at a hospital where um, women had been, were being treated, a medical treatment, and there was a little girl who had a half body cast. She was about three years old, and she, for the first two days I was at the hospital, hadn't smiled, was really downcast, and had a pretty terrible experience in her village that had put her in that cast and my assumption was this woman this child is downtrodden this child is destroyed her spirit is destroyed and I was so intrigued by it and just constantly wanted to make her laugh or to do something and to film her and then on the third day when I was there I walked into this room And she was playing with a couple other kids and she was dancing and laughing and running around like a little child. And it, it was shocking to me. I almost expected that she didn't have that in her. And it made me realize that her backstory was actually far less important than the fact that she was just dancing in her little broken cast. And It taught me that there's different ways we can see suffering. And I think the way that I choose to embrace suffering has to be done over time. And it has to be done through listening and observing for a while before I ever pull my camera out. Hmm. I can definitely hear your dog. (laughs) 
Are you snoring? Don't snore. Harry's story is a good story. <laughs> it's okay, Willow. Just stay there. Uh, what mistakes have you made that you're hoping to help others learn from? Oh, you know, I think looking back at it, it I, I would say when you when you create story uh, it, within a nonprofit, uh, I see story in many ways as um, a nonprofit's currency. And so I think we, we share stories as organizations to show impact, um, to show social change, uh, to inspire people um, for hope or for freedom that, that change is possible and to invite people into the missions of uh, who we are and what we're doing and to kind of, I think in many ways, bring what can be global issues um, into par- different parts of the world that otherwise would not be able to learn about um, those those narratives or those issues. And when you're creating story, uh, there's a lot of different ways to go about that, but I think there's also different audiences that you're creating it for. And I think that there have been many times in our past where we've created story particularly for a donor. And in the process of that, either not engage the narrative and the nuances that are available in a narrative to teach us and to remind us that we are are connected in our humanity um, and instead have focused on what, what a donor might want to hear or need to hear or even reiterating a narrative perhaps that they're already used to hearing so that it's something that they may expect, um, especially in the anti-trafficking world from an anti-trafficking organization. And so I think as we've grown and matured in our storytelling, we've, we've begun to shift away from that audience and instead focused on how can we tell story in a way that really inspires resilience and gives examples of youth in our program that we hope will inspire the other youth in our program. And so we've started creating story more for our youth than we have necessarily for our donors. And I think that as we've gone through that shift, it's taught me that we made mistakes in the past and we told story that I don't think was ours to tell. And we didn't necessarily hold the sacredness of that space with people that either entrusted us or honestly may have even felt forced to share their story. And if I could go back, I think I would tell that younger version of myself the importance and the sacredness of story sometimes means that it should not be published. And so now my hope in this space is that we can start to create a discernment process around when is it that we share story? When is story meant for a small room, a sacred space? When is story meant to inspire? Uh, when is story meant to heal and to start to learn um, how to trust our intuition, how to remind us of our common humanity in those spaces so that we're creating um, story that really is is bringing all of us um, towards a more whole and free future. Yeah, that standard that you mentioned is really, I think, what drives my personal interest in this. And having really graduated into the digital age um, 10 year, ten plus years ago, 
we were looking at fundraising and storytelling in the digital landscape, which is so different than it had been operating in before. And with that, more and more access to great cameras was also happening simultaneously. So the Mm. access internationally to these stories and also the ability to capture them was at the hands of 22-year-olds who have had amazing intentions, and I was one of those. Mm -hmm. And realizing over time that we weren't holding ourselves to any journalistic standards because we weren't journalists. We weren't holding ourselves to documentary standards because we weren't quite that. We were working with nonprofits and oftentimes nonprofits who didn't hold us to any standards. And so I really am hoping that this becomes a place where those of us who have made mistakes feel free and safe to share them for the learnings of those who are coming after us. But I also hope that we as a community can come together and define our own standards for nonprofit storytelling and ethical storytelling and really say this is the standard that we want to live by. Hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, one of the temptations um, that I've seen organizations fall into and part of what kind of inspired that that righteous anger, so to speak, in me that really launched me into, okay, what is this like, kind of idea of ethical storytelling and how do we start to grow in that in that conversation? Uh, was I started to see multiple organizations, I work in Southeast Asia, and I started to see multiple organizations um, exploit the narrative of trafficking to raise money for themselves. And I mean, I can, uh, you know, think of one in particular where there was um, a founder that began to write false narratives about the young women that were in his program about how they had been trafficked and the terrible things that had happened to them. And it turned out that none of that was true. He was selling a false narrative to raise money uh, for his organization. Or there's other instances where maybe stories should have been kept in a small sacred space and instead it was broadcast um, to the entire world. And people that I think... Are, are healing in their story aren't ready for that. And it's it's not the world's story to hold. It's their personal story to hold. And um, so really, I think that the narrative aspect of, of how we tell story, um, how we can so easily exploit story, uh, especially in the justice community, especially in the anti-trafficking world, which has been my world for the last 10 years, um, I, I'm excited to create the possibility of a new way of doing that. And I'm sure that even 10 years from now, we'll be looking back and saying, oh, you know, Rachel and Heidi, like, oh, the mistakes you made, like, (laughs) you thought you were creating something new and you started, um, you know, this conversation around ethical storytelling. But I think that that's the point. It's a growth. And I would look back at where I was 10 years ago, and I'm glad I'm not there anymore. I'm glad I have grown to where I am. And I have no doubt that we will continue to grow and continue to evolve. And so just to reiterate, I think, Heidi, what you were just sharing, that hope that it is a place where we can share where we've made mistakes, um, but the posture that we all take as we come into these conversations is one of we want to grow, we want to learn, we want to hear a diverse perspective of voices and ideas um, so that truly we can keep taking one step forward. And so no matter where you are in that journey, um, that we're all engaging our growth because I think that's what matters. Yeah, and whether it is in engaging with stories in a devastating field like the trafficking world, or if it's simply talking about poverty and lack of access to food or water, there is something we can all do to be better storytellers and to create more dignified stories. And so this will be the place that we hope we can break down 
some of those examples and we can hear from practitioners and we can hear from storytellers who can share about the ways that they're trying to apply this in their own lives and we can all take something away from it. So welcome to the Ethical Storytelling Podcast. We hope you all learned something and we hope you'll share your stories with us too.